Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing boosting hydration among those with dementia and Air Protein, the alt-meat startup making plant-based protein out of thin air. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevich. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with yet another story about a uh, new plant-based protein. I thought I'd seen it all in terms of ingredients as to, you know, new ingredients going into uh, plant-based proteins, uh, but I was wrong because a California-based startup called Air Protein recently developed an alt-meat called Air Meat, which, as it sounds, uh, is made from using microbes that turn recycled carbon dioxide into protein. So they describe it as uh, the meat of tomorrow, and it was designed to replicate the flavor and texture of real meat products uh, all across the board, like chicken, pork, steak, and seafood. So in this article, I just talk about how uh, this alt protein is made out of thin air. So it was inspired by old NASA research, which focused on innovative ways to feed astronauts on long-term space missions. So the startup uses microbes to recycle old factory CO2 emissions and combine them with water and energy to create protein. So this sounds like something out of like, you know, a, a... spell book like I can't even actually imagine how they do it um but that's 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 the information I can give you guys um but after that in a process like beer fermentation the protein is turned into a flour-like substance and then oils nutrients and flavorings are added to turn that powder into the final product called air meat So this actually reminded me of a recent trend that I saw, um, you know, on TikTok where a lot of people who eat plant-based are trying this um, chicken alternative, you could say, where they just combine flour and water and I think a few other ingredients and they soak it in water for a while um, and sort of squeeze squeeze it out and it kind of looks like a dough and then you pan fry it um, and you add a bunch of seasonings and allegedly it is supposed to kind of shred like a chicken breast might or like pulled pork might um and i've never tried it but this is kind of what it reminded me of um but anyway according to air protein's website air fermentation begins with the same building blocks that all plant life needs to grow air water and renewable energy elements of the air are whisked together with our cultures until they produce protein within a matter of hours a process similar to how yogurt cheese and wine are made the protein that the cultures produce is harvested and purified then dried to remove water so as i was saying the alt meat sector has come a very long way since soy was being used as the go-to source of protein So now as the sector is booming, food scientists can take all manner of ingredients like fungi, peas, sunflower, and even cells from living animals uh, and create realistic tasting plant-based or animal-free products. 
And Air Protein is among several companies, including the Finland-based Solar Foods, that are now making meat and dairy alternatives from captured emissions. Um, and it's really interesting because, you know, uh, meat in itself or uh, agriculture is um, is a source of a lot of emissions. But now this company is also capturing emissions in a bid to mitigate the climate impact of agriculture itself. So it's kind of uh, doing two things at once. Um, now, air meat requires zero arable land to produce, and it only needs recycled and purified CO2 in addition to other elements found in the air, renewable energy, water, and minerals. And then those are fed to a culture to nourish and grow the protein, which involves no greenhouse gas emissions in the process. So according to Air Protein's founder, Lisa Dyson, the company is driven by an impact-focused mission to transform the food system. The animal agriculture industry not only slaughters billions of animals, but it also contributes around 14.5% of global greenhouse emissions and destroys rainforests. So not only does air meat use 524,000 times less land and 112,000 times less water per kilogram than traditional meat production, but it also takes considerably less time. And that was an interesting thing that I hadn't even thought about um, in terms of agriculture production. It, it, it does take time. I mean, animals have to get older. And of course, because there are so, so many of them, uh, we don't think about, you know, it, it taking that much time, but it is quite a time consuming process from from start to finish. Um, so anyway, Air Protein, it was founded in 2019 and it's already has some some big names backing backing the brand and it's received nearly 33 million dollars in investments during a Series A funding round led by a, uh, a slew of venture capital firms. So Air Protein has won numerous awards, including the South by Southwest Interactive Innovation Award and the Davos World Economic Forum Technology Pioneer Award. So although Air Protein is not yet available at retailers across the U.S., the brand does promise consumers that the launch will take place soon as the company scales up production to meet the expected demand. And in the future, the company plans to use direct air capture units to remove CO2 directly from the air and not necessarily turn it into anything. But yeah, I mean, um, I was really interested to talk about this story with you two specifically, since you come from a science background. And I was wondering what you thought about the science. Did you think it was even possible to sort of take something as like simple as CO2 and, and air and turn it into an alt protein? Um, and yeah, where do you see uh, the, the sector going from here? Like, have we reached the pinnacle of innovation or are we just getting started? I I think this is the pinnacle. Like I don't know what else. <laughs> oh really? What else, like what? How else would you make food? You know, is there an, another way? I don't know. Um, but I think from thin I, air now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah, I think um, what I was just thinking about throughout this entire story is, um, you know, they they will need to get FDA approval, correct? Like before they commercialize their products or in general the whole cell-based meat is still awaiting um, regulatory like some firm regulatory decisions and guidelines and and approvals and maybe that will happen soon but but um it hasn't happened yet so yeah you're 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 right um to my knowledge um no cell-based meat um has yet been approved by the fda and you're also right about the fact that before this hits the market there would definitely have to be some fda and usda approval as well um i feel like 
the, obviously they're two different technologies um, and I wonder whether this would have a tougher time getting approval than you know cell-based meat but I think they both um, you know it's, it's it'll be a different process since they're different uh, technologies but yeah the the time time is, is, a, is another factor in this like how soon are we going to be able to see these things? Because obviously, like, you know, the technology is being developed and it's it's pretty stable, but you're right, it could take like years before this is even approved. Um, and these companies, or this one at least, is, was only founded a few years ago. So um, yeah, time time is definitely a factor too. They're, they're certainly eager to get the product out, um, but kind of seems too good to be true, you know? I wonder. I wonder if the FDA will will have an issue um, or find any flaws with this with this technology. Hmm, that, that's interesting, though. But um, I mean, if you think about it, they're just taking a carbon source, right? And they're transforming that into you know food based products for food products. So I think. Um, I was just like flabbergasted when I was like listening to you talk about this. I'm just like, wow, you're producing literally, you know, food out of thin air, but not really. You know, you have CO2 there, so you have that carbon source. And it kind of makes sense, like, you know, after the initial shock and awe, you're kind of like, oh, okay, this actually does make sense. And it's so innovative and it's it's amazing that they were able to uh really hone that hone this technology to um be able to produce food like this i wonder how it's going to be to scale up um i I wonder if they've uh, figured out the logistics and things uh around that but i think this is so exciting and i kind of feel like we're just getting started to be Mm -hmm. honest it's just um you know I think uh, with food tech, wow, like you just hear about so many innovations and like there are so many like one after the other that just seem to be topping each other. And I think it's just amazing to see and hear about. And I'm just excited to see like how um, these things will translate into what we buy at the the stores eventually. But um, yeah, in terms of lab grown meat, I think um, you guys were talking about yeah, that's there aren't any lab grown meat products that are currently FDA approved. So, but it looks like the FDA is keen on um, sort of like considering it. So there, I think uh, this year I saw something how the, um, the FDA is saying that they will be coming to a decision soon on some of these lab grown products. So I think it's just a matter of time before uh, we start seeing these food tech innovations on our grocery store shelves. Just exciting. <laughs> yeah, very exciting. And and I, I kind of I, I kind of agree with, with both of you in that it does kind of feel like the pinnacle. Like where can where else can we possibly go from Hey, did here? you ever think you could go from error like and get <laughs> fruit? So <laughs> Right. But but then um I also feel like we are just kind of getting started because I'm constantly surprised by what's what's coming right? out next. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what's so cool about like food tech and science in general, like the intersection mm-hmm. of food and science these yeah, days is exactly. just like such a cool thing to watch and be able to write about and cover. So you can believe that, you know, next week or in two weeks, I'm going to 
would, I'm going to upstage this. Exactly. This you definitely are. Like just when you were like, oh, you can't outdo this story. You can't mm-hmm. outdo this. And mm-hmm. it's like Sydney will come up with another one. <laughs> always trust Sydney to, to do that. So yeah, I'm, I'm always on the lookout. Always on the yeah, lookout. For you're really good at that. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing us the latest and greatest in of food course. tech. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like I'm a, it's almost like I'm watching like some futuristic movie and, you know, <laughs> Yeah, like making food out of thin air. It it doesn't even seem real, but mm-hmm. but it is possible. Well, this was inspired by old NASA technology, so you're kind of right. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to um, kind of a, a a feel good story in a way, but this is another's um, you know food innovation just in a much different way. Um, Vera brought to my attention a company called Jelly Drops, and they're a UK-based brand um, designed to boost hydration among those that struggle to consume enough water. Um, And like I said, they're based in the UK, but they recently announced that they're going to be launching in the US. So these jelly-like drops are made with 95% water. Um, They have a grip-friendly shape, and they come in a variety of fruit flavors. So they've become really popular among people with Alzheimer's, seniors, and others that struggle to stay hydrated. So the founder and chief product officer, Lewis Hornby, said in a press release, Since launch, we have made over 3 million drops, empowering countless seniors, people with dementia, and more to support their hydration in an easier and more enjoyable way. We've already seen many people living with dementia enjoy and benefit from jelly drops, and our team is excited to reach even more people and create joyful moments as we begin distribution Uh, of our water candies in the U.S. So the idea behind Jelly Drops was born in early 2018 when Hornby's grandmother, Pat, was hospitalized due to severe hydration, which is a common challenge for those living with memory problems. And this was such, um, you know, I overlooked this, uh, honestly. You don't really think about the other issues that come with um, memory issues and and forms of dementia, but it, it absolutely makes sense when you think about it because, Um, You know, since people can forget to drink enough water, their existing conditions can worsen and cause a host of new ones. So um, from that experience, Hornby spent the next 18 months researching and developing jelly drops before making the final product available to the public in the UK in 2020. So the bite-sized teardropped shaped candy has a solid smooth texture that encourages independent hydration in those who may not realize that they're thirsty or otherwise may require assistance to drink. They are sugar-free, low-calorie, gluten-free, vegan, and non-laxative. So essentially everything that water is, uh, just in a different form. And they're available on a subscription basis and come in two different styles, uh, a tray and a smaller snack pot. Now, the, the product is backed by the UK's Alzheimer's Society Innovation Accelerator Program, and it's received many honors, including the National Dementia Care Awards Innovation of the Year in 2020. And since Jelly Drops have received an outpouring of demand for their contribution to people with dementia and the senior community, that's why they've decided to expand to the US. So Jelly Drops are the first Uh, product designed specifically for those who struggle to consume enough water, but they're not the first water bottle replacement. Um, And what I mean by that is, um, you know, 
there's another company that developed a prototype for an edible water bottle called Uho um, that was created in 2014 um, by a group of design students in London. So um, this edible water bottle is a transparent sachet uh, made from chloride and seaweed that contains one portion of water inside of it. And it resembles sort of this gelatinous sphere, uh, which is safe to consume, but it's also biodegradable since it's made with brown algae. Um, but like I said, jelly drops were designed to boost water consumption, but they're also um, meant to reduce the reliance on plastic water bottles as well. So they're kind of doing, um, you know, two jobs at once. But in the meantime, jelly drops will be available to U.S. consumers starting April 2022. So this uh, last month. Um, with the end goal of being able to ship internationally. So the reason why I called this story like a feel-good story is that it was just something that was created um, from an, an unmet need and just one of those issues that you you kind of don't think about. And I just thought it was such a such a great idea. It has so many benefits. Um, it's better than than water bottles, and it encourages independent hydration among people that forget. So all around, I think this is such a a good innovation backed by the Alzheimer's Society. Um, and yeah, what do you guys think about this? Did you even put any thought into, you know, this being an issue among seniors and people with memory issues? What do you think? Yeah, I had actually heard about um, these kinds of issues uh, related to hydration, um, you know, pertaining to seniors, especially during COVID, right? When we heard a lot about seniors in um, long-term care homes experiencing a lot of challenges. And of course, we know what went down, you know, in places like where we live in Ontario with the, um, the outbreaks of COVID and how it was just dealt with very poorly in long-term, in long-term care. And hydration was, you know, uh, a big issue and a lot of seniors actually succumbed to dehydration um, and it was really sad to learn about that so that's the first time when I actually learned about these um, issues where and um, I think I was reading more about this uh, that um, yeah like people with dementia and Alzheimer's they just um, don't just forget to stay hydrated so it is a it's such a significant problem and um and i think i did even hear about something along the lines of this jelly um drop but it was something else i think it was another type of a candy or something else this was again um a year or two ago um during covid so um it just brought back that and I can't remember what exactly that was, but this is so great to see that these jelly drops are designed, you know, made of 95% uh, water and like with the intention really of helping keeping um, seniors uh, um, hydrated. So it's so like, yeah, it's so heartwarming and it's such a, like you said, a feel good story and it's just, it really brings attention to the issue as well. Right. Um, which many people may not have known. Like I previous to, you know, the issues that I learned about in long-term care uh, recently. Previous to that, I had no idea either that uh, elderly people uh, with dementia and cognitive issues experience um, challenges with hydration. So this is really awesome. And um, again, I, I don't think a lot of people know about this issue. Yeah, sometimes like these challenges um, that elderly people or people with dementia have, like sometimes it's it's not only them forgetting to drink water. Like sometimes it could be like that part of the brain, which tells, which is supposed to tell us that we're thirsty, right? Sometimes that 
part of the brain isn't isn't functioning so or isn't working properly mm. so sometimes um they may not be aware of how thirsty they are and and that can lead to confusion and dehydration too so yeah this story about the jelly drops i i was just really happy um to see it i think it's a great idea i, I found it interesting how they made it so that there's no like liquid center it's just like a consistent texture mm. yet it's so hydrating that was kind of interesting to me yeah it's not like you pop it and you get like a burst of like right. water or something yeah. yeah so that's what i was thinking like oh it's probably like some water center because it is 95 percent water right but, but no it's like us humans how much how much percent water are we <laughs> yeah or almost like you know a lots of yep. fruits like, yeah, that's like right. Apples, you know, that's they right. Have a, yeah, they have and like celery, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like a, it's a mostly water, celery. right? Celery, yeah. cucumber, mostly water, but you don't, you're not biting into one, and it's just like an explosion <laughs> of liquid, like you're eating a soup dumpling or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so it's the same idea. They were able to integrate, yeah, mm-hmm. that water component. And I know that this product is specifically designed for people who you know are struggling to consume enough water, but I personally. <laughs> would be interested to try it as well. I think it's like um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know it wasn't designed specifically for me, but I would really love to uh, find. Th- there's only so many ways you can consume water, and it's getting kind of boring. Um, <laughs> you know, gotta change add, it up. Come you on, gotta change it up. I could add lemon, whatever, but you know, sometimes I'm just. I, I would be really interested to try a new way of of getting enough hydration, and and uh, I, I'd love to try this when uh, when it becomes available. I can imagine that this would be great for kids as well. Yeah, I was thinking right? the same thing. Because, you know, with the, the colorful, uh, you know, uh, nature of it. And a lot of kids, I also know that, like, you know, they don't get enough water. And uh, especially in the summer, you know, a lot of younger kids can be more prone to, like, heat stroke um, in really hot weather. And, you know, because they're dehydrated as well. So I think this would be really great. Again, um not just for seniors, but for or people with dementia, but for, you know, a lot of other uh, people as well. So really cool. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks, everyone. And see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find Xtalks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.